Hey y'all, welcome back to the Sunday, August 14th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Sports reporters who have indeed reassembled Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press and Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast to talk about the biggest stories in sports this week. We talked about Zach Wilson and the New York Jets avoiding a devastating injury uh, this week, which is awesome news for both Bob, Jets fan, and uh, Jets as a whole. We talked about that, the Kentucky feud between Mark Stoops and uh, John Calipari, Fernando Tatis' suspension, uh, and then also... We even touch on uh, Hall of Famers and who should actually be in the Hall of Fame and some PED stuff and Kurt Schilling. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, as always. Sports supporters know it's one of y'all's favorite pods uh, every single week here on the Chase Almost Podcast. And as always, thank you for making the Chase Almost Podcast part of your daily listen wherever and however you listen to this program. We greatly appreciate it. If you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify uh, listener, please, please, please make sure that you help support the show by both becoming a subscriber, but also, uh, if you have not already done so, leave this show a five-star rating and a review on either of those platforms. It helps other people find the show, and it helps this very show continue to grow, both on the Blue Wire Pod Network and as a whole, um, each and every day. So if you could do that, that would greatly appreciate it. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcasts. Uh, all kinds of great video content over there, full episodes, all that good stuff. Like and subscribe on that front too. And you can always email this very program at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. All right, Uncle Darren, on a Sunday, let's go. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back, sports reporters. We have indeed reassembled Andrew jamming out to some Metallica this morning is what it seems like. He's got a Metallica t-shirt on. What kind of hat? Is that LSU, Boston Bruins? What am I looking at? Boston Bruins. Bruins. That's, okay. that's, a, uh, it's that's a, the hub I'm, and the spokes. It's it's a, yes. I um, it's, it's the, I like working in the cold, and, mm. you know, I need maximum comfort. Okay. So yeah, there we go. Yeah. What's the thermostat set at right now in your your? Uh, it was at so my AC actually broke. Ooh. Sunday. That's um, not good. Oh no, no, that was not fun. No. Um. So yeah, and so I'm in an apartment complex that has all Central of the AC heating. units. Mm. Yeah. All on. So I've got my downstairs neighbors trying to figure out why water is coming from their roof and yeah it was just a big you know big cluster unit what for like 36 hours um and so generally i have it on 65 like i need it for 65 okay that's cold that That is chilly but but i also learned that i'm also like a cold climate sleeper like i get my best sleep i i am the same way i need to i need to have the ac on i don't like i'm okay with just a fan during the day yeah. mm. but at night i need to have the ac blasting and i can get pricey well they they they, they, they sent me so they sent me a portable ac unit which is fine it it did the job but I had some of the worst sleep of my life <laughs> because it was so loud. Ooh. And I'm just sitting there at like 4 a.m. in and out of sleep, maybe since 1130. And it's not like, you know, when you're like in a super deep sleep and then you wake up like two or three hours later, but it feels much longer. Mm. This is more like I close my eyes and 15 minutes later. Oh, it's still like. The sun has not peaked yet. This is going to be a long ass night. <laughs> but yeah, I generally keep it on um, 65. If I'm in a humorous mood, I will put it on 69. You know, I like it. In, I like it nice. I think we switch it up here. 73 during the day and then like 67 at night. Like I'm with you guys. Like I, I can't. I don't know how people sleep with it just any kind of warmth uh in the house you can't do it i i, I don't think i've ever turned my ac lower than 74 you guys really are blasting it to the max that would be too cold for me wait really yeah interesting yeah new york I mean, are guess, built different 
And I, yeah. d- I didn't do that when I was in the Pacific Northwest because it was easier to, and we didn't have AC mm-hmm. because you kind of sort of didn't need it. Uh, Interesting. But there would be, I would say, six to maybe nine days, maybe 10 days out of the year where mm-hmm. that AC would have been useful because a an 82 to 87 degree day feels like it. There's no breeze. There's no like it. It's painfully hot and you're just sweating because the fans don't serve their purpose. Yeah. When I was I got I got used to it when I was living in Southeast Asia, when Mm -hmm. it would be, you know, a cool night would be 85. We weren't we were mainly there. We we went in the winter, Mm. so it wasn't the. 100, 105 every day kind of thing goes down to 90 at night. And it was a it was a very dry heat, so it wasn't as bad as you would think, honestly. You mm-hmm. get used to it. Hmm. You, you keep a fan blowing on you. You have maybe a wet towel. Is it crazy? I don't know how to segue this, but I watched Prey last night on Hulu. I still need to watch that. Everybody's telling me that it's maybe the second best of that like series well i'd never seen any of the movies like i had never really really, yeah it was never yeah my the fiance was just as perplexed and thought i was doing a bit and i was like i've never seen any of these movies never the predator yeah no i want i want better for you chase (laughs) have you seen alien versus no or alien versus predator requiem the operatic version no i'm kidding about it being an opera but it is called alien versus predator requiem Never seen it. Okay. It was just not on my radar. It was just, uh, it was a thing that I just missed in my childhood and missed uh, overall. But it's, it's a fairly simple movie. There's it a is. Killer Definitely. Alien. Prey was and, something where I yeah. jot, I jotted down in my notes where I was like, this movie knows exactly what the audience wants and we're not wasting time. We're just, we're, we're not even going to worry about the fact that the Native Americans are speaking English right out of the gate here in 1719. It was fine. I looked at her. I looked at my fiance. I was like, "This is going to take me out for a second. Why are they speaking perfect English in 1719 in North America? What is happening?" And then you have the French who come in, who are speaking French, but the Native Americans are speaking. I don't understand any of that. Like it's that, fine. Was, it's fine. Like, it does the job. It it it. Yeah. Don't ask too many questions. Here's the thing about the Predator series, and, and there there are movie series. Most of them are just kind of, eh, they're kind of okay. They're, they're average to above average at most, mm. but your, your most efficient movie series, the, the fast, you know, and furious series, love those predator. Like they know what the audience wants after about the second or third movie. So they just get, they just aren't going to F around with, you know, I, I've never seen through the, the, the I've never the, sat the through the sequel bread. with Danny Glover and Gary Busey in futuristic LA fighting predators. I I've is seen that Predator like Two or, or is that Predators? Yeah, I don't know what I, I it's think predators. It's predators. Okay, Predator I believe Two. It's predators or Some, is it Predators Two. This is a Jamie moment, please. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, um, get on yeah, IMDb. It does the job. Predators, I believe, is the one that came out like five years ago where. Oh, when they were in the school bus, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's another one with with Adrian Brody as a. I think that's playing it. the Arnold Schwarzenegger role. He I got stole for that. He did. He got ripped. He was a plausible jarhead fighting alien predators in that. Mm. Andrew, if you think you wanted to commit to getting ripped right now, could you do it? I could. I, I because I've actually had this conversation, um, and I need to lose a few pounds, um, because I I would like to get back to my bouncer size, which was like between two thirty five and two forty five. Mm. But I would just like to like if I could lose maybe fifteen to twenty pounds, because I was kind of sort of ripped right before the pandemic. Hmm. And then, like, I'd say maybe what June into July of the pandemic when nothing is going on, and I was yeah. like, oh, I should. I I'm, I looked in the mirror one day after I got out of the shower, and I'm like, well, I got a three month old food baby going on, uh, so maybe I, I should yeah, be taking I, some maternity pics. Over the course of probably the first year of the pandemic, I got way too 
big for my like it's bad we'll discuss diets when we well see i think it's like people did one chat. of two things during the height of the pandemic because like i went the other way where like yeah. i was so overwhelmed with the time and nothing going on where i was running so much where like i spent a lot of time at the park running and running to catch the ice cream truck no just running in okay. general uh, not an ice cream truck guy never i'm just i'm also just not on dairy anymore like i've not been on dairy That's for good. for a while dairy Probably just like good. Is that something that happens in your 30s where you're just like dairy is no longer a thing that I can yeah. enjoy all that much? It depends uh, on the person. Yeah. Mm. All I've started drinking uh, almond milk. And oh, almond milk. milk's my jam. I do almond milk all the same. time. Yeah. Same. We are and we are we're two three guys drinking almond milk. There we go. This is called being in your 30s right here. Well, that and I was watching a video on pasteurized milk yeah it's yeah you don't want to and i i once again it was during the pandemic and i'm just like watching random stuff and i remember watching it one night right before i went to bed and i'm just like you know what yeah i've seen a little too much blood and pus for my liking uh i am going to the store tomorrow and getting coconut milk and almond milk. You can you get the coconut almond blend with a little vanilla in it. It's quite delightful. Yeah, I, you don't I miss it at all. You don't miss coffee. it at all. For my coffee milkshakes, yeah. that's what I use. Wait, so what are you I, putting in the coffee milkshake, Bob? Specifically, okay. In this uh, fine youtubecom slash uh, Thomas Fine Yeti 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 mm-hmm. cooler, which is very useful. This is not a paid spot, but if Yeti, if you want me to sponsor your your coolers throw that uh, shit against the wall bob and show them like that thing is indestructible <laughs> <laughs> no because it's filled with liquid but no but mm-hmm. i'll, I'll get an attractive co-ed to sit on it later like the yeti coolers <laughs> um you guys remember that trend do you yes. remember that instagram trend yes. okay, moving on yes uh inside my 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 portable uh yeti uh mug i mm-hmm. have i say i'd fill it two-thirds of the way up with coffee i put in two to three cubes of ice some monk fruit sweetener okay i'm weaning myself off the splendas but i don't want to use regular ground sugar where do you get the splendas from are you taking them from restaurants no 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 monk fruit sweetener it's expensive okay. I oh i didn't know that because i've always wondered do people like buy that okay so you there is yeah, an you, option to buy you do. it okay you do. uh monk fruit is, has a little less you know, of the bad things that spawned. But in any mm. case, that, and then I fill the remaining, uh, after the ice cubes in, probably the remaining um, like one quarter to one fifth with uh, almond milk. And that's okay. how a journalist is made, folks. That's, and then <laughs> the blogs flow. Can you um, blog Yeah, I go through two or three of these a day. Okay. It's probably not that bad, caffeine wise. It's not crazy because what what what's the recommended like four hundred milligrams caffeine a day? Uh, it's more than that. Is this it is more? A large, again, not to be all about the Yeti cooler product placement, but this mm. is a large. Not a sponsor, but it could be Yeti. Hit us up if you compare it to my head. Yeah, that's Pretty a big. large a large container. Okay. okay, moving on. I like it. You can Bob when we get to a presenting sponsor on Sports Reporter Assemble. I will read it. I'll read the. Copy I need you now. to do the ads. Sure. I'm good at that. Um, Bob, we have to talk about it. Andrew and I were concerned about how to approach the subject. Oh, it's Jets talk time. It's Jets. Is it Jets talk time? It's not. Yeah. Jeets. It's yeah. Jets. It's I like that. That that, that, that should be the new segment. Yeah. Jets. Um, So apparently Zach Wilson is fine. Hmm. Do we know he's fine? It's we haven't not got the MRI yet. Have we got well, the MRI? Okay, so right before no. we oh, did... were supposed to record, there was a report that Breaking came news. out. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Bob is he's lighting up. Uh, Jeff Howe from uh, from the Athletic says that Jets quarterback Zach Wilson suffered a bone bruise last night. The ligaments are in good shape. More tests are incoming. Uh, on a potential meniscus injury to determine the timeline. So it might not be that bad. I'm going to say four weeks. Till we yeah, see I would say four to six weeks. That that, seems... That's what the initial reports came out last night were 
or not the initial, which we'll get to in a second, which is the thing that I'm legitimately <laughs> mad about. The, the, the initial... I can always tell when Bob's dangerous. mad in texting. Like, I can feel yes. Bob's tone. Andrew, there are, I think, there are some yeah. all caps that get smashed there. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. I was legit. I was very mad last night. There was an annoying Mets Phillies game also that I was watching in the midst of this. So I would there. I was just. I was in a. I was in a glass case of emotion, <laughs> or between eight and eleven p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Mm-hmm. Um. Jeff Wilson. Jeff McNeil got hurt, also, and Eduardo Escobar, like at the same time as Wilson went down. So okay, here's the deal, for those who aren't. True Jets. I'm just going to turn my mic off and let Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe relax. Have a cream soda. (laughs) Uh, The Jeff uh, Zach Wilson, the milf hunter, was playing in the first (laughs) Jets preseason game. We had high hopes, we Jets fans. We did. So we watched. I did. I watched on a Friday night. I am home watching a Jets Eagles preseason game. And in the first series, he just whiffed an interception right into the arms of an Eagles linebacker. So that was bad. On the second series, he comes out because the Jets have no starting right tackle right now because Dwayne Brown has not practiced with the team. And Mekhi Becton is out for the year as of Tuesday. They had their fourth round pick, Max Mitchell, who I believe went to Louisiana Lafayette in it right Raging tackle. Cajuns. Yeah. Uh, in any case, he was like a turnstile. So an interrupter <laughs> came streaming in on Wilson. Wilson did a good job of evading the rush, turned it up field, and in lieu of, say, walking out of bounds because it's a preseason game and the second offensive series, he tried to juke him, turn up field, and something in his leg just went bluey. Because it was a non-contact injury, generally that's a very bad sign. Mm. So, you know, people were fretting on Twitter. The beat reporters were providing updates as best they could. There were videos going around, still photos of the team, you know, praying on one knee near him. Everyone, I myself included, assumed Zach Wilson was out for the year. I was certainly beginning to start. I, I was in full maybe Mike White isn't that bad cope oh no that's the the kubler ross five stages of jeff of like jets grief that i was at the thing i'm mad about is this not yes as previously stated non-contact injuries very bad often career ending they often do involve torn ligaments like an acl or an mcl or a pcl but or torn achilles or a torn or an achilles that pops although it, it didn't look like that kind of uh, usually that's like the start walking. stop like those crazy yeah 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 you see it when it goes like that you just when you pop an achilles the player just drops to the ground i'll never forget the kobe one because they zoomed in on that and you could see it like vibrate down or yeah Ooh. the kevin durant one was the same way yeah when it kevin to durant you could actually like see the ligament in it ugh, have you guys ever popped an achilles no, no. it is the worst feeling in the world because you don't exactly feel it like so when Kobe Wait, when you say hit, pop do you mean tear it t- yeah tear so pop. you tear you've torn an achilles i've torn it i haven't had surgery oh. on my right achilles um because i wasn't going to be playing any sports in college or anything so i actually and embarrassingly rehab process yeah yeah i actually embarrassingly tore i tore my achilles in our senior faculty game I was going up for a shot, and I thought that when you tear it, you feel like somebody, especially when you're playing basketball, you feel like maybe somebody like maybe kicked your foot or something. Yeah, it just feels like suddenly nothing works, and the yeah, and so I later I hit the ground Hmm. and I get up, and all of a sudden my whole like the lower half of my right leg is dead. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh. This isn't good. So everybody, once again, people think it's a bit. And I'm just, you know, doing some comedy. I come out at halftime on crutches with this big old thing with with this big old, you know, bandage and ice wrapped around my ankle. And everybody's just like, oh, he's not joking. No. Um, And I did it two days before prom. So my prom date was uh, not happy. But I got to wear a cane. With uh, 
Your story reminds, uh, for the sports renaissance woman who's listening to this, uh, why I took the last two months off from running was because I don't think if I go to the gym, I run or anything, and I tear something right before our wedding, and I'm like in a sling or I'm on yeah, crutches. Yeah, that'd be bad. It would yeah, be that's not a good bad. look. No, so yeah, all I can, can do right there, now is there, walk. There are no, there are no fashion leg braces you could possibly. No. Like, the, can you imagine the pictures of just me hopping around? Like, it's just, no. No, that's... no, 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 no. I, yeah. so I, I wore my, like, little ankle brace, you know, because I pretty much at that time, the lower half of my ankle to my foot, I could not yeah. feel. Yeah. And so people were asking me at the prom if I had an ankle brace, like a police monitor. Oh, no. <laughs> they thought they put a low jack on you. <laughs> and what's funny is people were asking me, you know, Andrew, you good? And when they realized what happened, they're like, oh, it's Andrew. He wouldn't he wouldn't do anything, you know, wrong. And I'm just like, damn, I have a reputation I was trying to build. Jeez. Mm. Anyway, so while everyone is in the fog of war uh, at around, you know, age 15 ish last night. <laughs> The fuck. So this this is a thing that happens now. There is, and, and the word like by within the next forty minutes, I think everyone was fairly convinced that it was an ACL tear. Now that is not an unreasonable assumption to make, but it was helped out by this new phenomenon, which is the Twitter doctor, the Twitter <laughs> sports injury doctor. There are a lot of them on that website. And what they do is they watch the same game that you are watching at home and give a diagnosis based on what was on their TV. This is, in my opinion, a wildly unethical practice because doctors, at least the last time I read the Hippocratic Oath, are not supposed to diagnose people who they are not who they are not treating, let alone based on something they saw during a sports broadcast. They don't know. They have no idea. They are making an educated guess. But there are a lot of people, fantasy football players, degenerate gamblers, sicko Jets fans like myself, who want to have this information now, now, now. And so those tweets do numbers. And they are able to make a pretty decent living Making these predictions now. Just because it says doctor in the bio. Yeah. Do not listen to any of them. They do not know what they 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 are making an educated guess. Is their guess more like informed than yours or mine would be or even probably most reporters are? Yeah. If the reporters don't have sources, let me be clear. So it's a reasonable guess, but it doing that for Twitter clout and then money I find it abhorrent. Yeah. Well, it's uh, vile. More, more breaking news, Robert. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so it's official. It's a meniscus tear, two to four weeks. Okay. But it also says he has a bone bruise. Can someone explain to me how you get a bone bruise from a non contact injury? Yeah. You just, I mean, if it's the knee and you're getting, yeah. like, if the meniscus doesn't, if the meniscus, like, uh, again, let me be clear. I am not a doctor, but you just I play think, one on a podcast. Yes. Yeah. If the bones go boom, boom, patreon.com slash Bobby C or Bobby S. Uh, excuse me. Two to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yes. Great. In any case, can I go back to my rant? Thank yes. you. Okay. Yes. Here is the deal. The doctor who was doing this, and I will state his name. David, his name is Dr. David Chow. If you would like to know why Dr. David Chow does not have a thriving medical practice right now, but instead is talking about sports on Twitter, there are many articles you can read. If you Google David Chow deadspin, you will find them. Chase, if we could leave a couple of links in the description, I think that would be a good thing. You can also read my reporting that I've done on it when David Chow signed up as a contributor for Clay Travis's website. Let me just say this. There are like there are I'm going to read my reporting, which has been fully vetted. I'm going to pull that up. Pull that up, Jamie. There. Uh, There have been. Scroll down. Okay. Uh, Between 1998 and 2001. 
He, the orthopedic surgeon was sued 20 times by patients who alleged he committed malpractice, negligent, and or fraud. 40% of those lawsuits resulted in the plaintiffs being, being paid by Chow in settlement agreements. And if you know how medical malpractice cases work, that's a pretty high percentage. In one, a 15, I believe, or maybe 16-year-old girl got $2.2 million after her hip surgery was botched. His offices were searched by the DEA in 2010, and the feds claim he'd written prescriptions to himself on 108 occasions over the previous two years. Although a lawyer representing him denied that he was self-prescribing. The charges were dropped in 2012. And if you want to know what happened with David Chow and, and Junior Seau, there was a great deal of reporting that shows that David Chow did not pay attention was negligent in his behavior when it comes to giving Junior Seau ambient when he was showing suicidal tendencies. That is the person who first tweeted out ACL tear for Zach Wilson. And there's an article in some website, which I've never heard of, where they where it's phrased as, according to Dr. David Chow, who was watching the game, it looks like it's an ACL tear. It's not. Is that site going to issue a correction? No, they'll put an update at the end of it. They already got the clicks they wanted. Is David Chow going to say, actually, sorry, whoops, I got this wrong on Twitter? No, he's not. He's going to move on to whichever player suffers an injury on the field next. I like, is it a bit, is it a huge problem that for like three hours, Jets fans were sad because they thought they'd lost their quarterback for the year? No, in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter that much. But of all the ways to make a living um, playing on the anxieties of sports fans and, again, also fantasy football players and degenerate gamblers to gin up attention for clout, I, re I, like, I really, I, I find it, as I said, I find it hateful and kind of disgusting. So that was my night last night. Um, I'm glad Zach Wilson is out only two to four weeks. That's um, honestly best case scenario. Hooray. A lot of people are um, posting fraud, fraud, wrong, wrong at yeah. the update because, and it's just but like, why is CBS Sports Radio doing a hit with him? Like why, why do we he's on CBS? He's on, he's on Sirius XM yeah. satellite radio. He does hits on Fox sports. Why? Because like, if you get enough Twitter followers, People will maybe forget about Junior Seau from a decade ago, or or it's this weird thing where it's not necessarily the substance of what you bring to something; it's what your followers will. Right. So, like, if, if, if you, you get a radio. spike from somebody from somebody who's got eight k or eleven k followers, and you're just like. What do you add to the conversation? Nothing. I, I am pissed at all the beat reporters who retweet his stuff. And I get it. They have a job to do. Here's some information. In the heat of the Twitter moment. I just imagine most of them don't know any of the stuff that you No, just most of them don't know this. Like, all this stuff is reported nearly a decade ago. I reported it two years ago when he got hired by OutKick. But, yeah. And, like, I get it. In the moment, you see a quasi-viral tweet from a guy with the word doctor attached to his handle, and that seems authoritative. I would argue that nobody making a diagnosis on Twitter, regardless of how many degrees they have on their wall, should be treated as a credible source. You're reporters. You have sources. Work them. Don't feed the beast. I would agree. Yeah. Um, End of rant. Rant over. Well, Andrew, do you have a rant for this? <laughs> I got you. you this is our thoughts. He's going to be probably starting week one against the Ravens. Some jo is Joe I don't know. There? Like Jimmy, like so. Shout out to John Lynch, who deserves all kinds of kudos for holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo for this long, because Why? now he has. Now he, has he came big... within he came within one hair of a meniscus ligament of the Jets giving up a mid round pick to bring in Jimmy G. That's yes, right. or or he is holding on to him for no reason at all because deep down inside in places they don't talk about at parties, 
They don't trust Trey Lance. I don't know, man. He was good last night. You don't want Trey Lance. I don't have a Nicholson. I think he had a perfect like, passer rating last Lance night. Yeah, I, I, I love that line word. Can, like, can, I make, can I say one thing about A Few Good Men, though? Because this is true. I, I yeah. got another movie, man. It's about way. A Few Good Men. Very quality movie, except for one problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Do you think the Cubans are going to invade America in 1993? Uh, probably not. No. So you want me on that wall? You need me, you on, need that me wall. on that wall? No, you don't. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I feel like the, the the way the state of the country is going, we're just doing unnecessary stuff and we're finally getting called out on it. Anyway, Chase. I'm just sorry. It's like, yes, it's a good movie. But yes. there is no looming like Castro led invade. Look, that was a, it was a play that, that was adapted from yeah. a play that Sorkin wrote. And I think he wrote it in the mid 80s. And so I get the whole Red Dawn fear of a Soviet invasion. Running I actually watched Red 84 America. Red Dawn this week. It's great. You yeah. know who wrote it? John Milch, who was also responsible for Apocalypse Now. Hmm. Oh, God, that's right. John Milch, there's a good John I'm, Milch. I'm, I may watch Apocalypse Now because uh, I got the uh, 40th anniversary edition uh, for Christmas in 2019 because I was that child who was like 14 years old uh, off from school. Oh, what's this movie called? Apocalypse Now. High, uh, high on like oh, will. Here's what oh, I was doing God. 14 years old off school. Oh, because uh, by the way, John like, Milch was also responsible. We don't need Jamie on this. He also wrote Conan mm-hmm. the Barbarian. He was responsible for those movies. What a terrible hmm. movie. John Milch uh, is a was a famed Hollywood screenwriter and occasional director. Um, he he was, although the Coen brothers deny this, he is pretty clearly the inspiration for Walter Subchak in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> really? Yes. Hmm. Oh God! You know what? The John more- Milch. John Milch would be known to carry a firearm into meetings with Hollywood executives, at least according to John Milch. I and when he it. was negotiating, being like, put a magnum, like a forty-four magnum, on their desk. At least, again, there's a very good John Milch documentary, which I highly recommend watching. His politics are revanchist and, and and utterly confusing and 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 kind of horrific to me but as a character of hollywood john milch interesting um this naturally leads us to kentucky football versus kentucky men's basketball andrew is it the college sports minutes already it is the college is sports minute because it's a big one and it's not just a big one it is hilarious I don't it know is, anything about this. I'm going to. Oh, gonna God, it's my, so funny. Okay. As somebody who went to two power five schools, the fact that there is a football and basketball beef is kind of hilarious. Because at the end of the day, yes, you're at the one school. So I went to one school that is a national power in basketball. And at the time, they were okay in football, but generally, so it was University of Kansas. They were generally okay in football. They were respectable. That You went to Kansas and Kansas State? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So I I took time off because I was, like, super burned out when I was at KU. But, look, if you are the power program in whatever sport it is on campus – you're going to be labeled a quote-unquote school. I completely understand why Mark Stoops would be kind of irritated by it. Because for everything that is happening in the world of college football, we do need to appreciate the fact that a school like a Kentucky, who is traditionally – one of the dregs of the SEC has carved out a niche over the last five to six years. And even over the last 15 years, the program has been pretty above average. Like you're still going to be, a, it's still going to be a basketball school because Kentucky basketball is, and has carried the SEC for, 60, 70 years. Like, that, fine. But I think that you also have to look at 
what is being looked at in terms of how programs are viewed, how universities, how their athletic departments are structured. Yes. Does Kentucky need a basketball facility? Probably. Yeah. Is John Calipari's ego getting the best of him and in, in, in making him look like a petulant baby? Yeah, you can make that argument. I would listen to it. Does John Calipari realize that everything that has driven athletics over the last, I don't know, 40 years has been geared towards college football? Eh, probably. Does he realize that in order to compete with the Joneses in college football, sometimes some things have to get sacrificed? No. And he's learning that now. But the thing is, and I wrote about this uh, yesterday, this feud, and I thought it was fascinating because, like, what he was actually talking about, and like, he said 10 wins in bowl games in terms of, like, what uh, Stoops, like, hey, good luck. And, look, tennis, like, you want Fourth university. Wins, by the way. Yeah, but, like, I was going through the history. Um, two 10-win seasons uh, in about a decade for Stoops in Lexington. Uh, before Stoops, they had one other 10-win season since 1977, and that was in 1977. They have won the SEC East exactly zero times, even with Stoops. His career win percentage is like 51%, I think, and the all-time win percentage at Kentucky is 50%. You go through it. Stoops, I don't really feel like it's one of those things where cal said the quiet part out loud that he should not have said where everyone even kentucky fans everyone nationally it's a basketball school and that's not a derogatory thing it's just decades of dominance you are number two all time in national championships behind just ucla eight to eleven you have been to the final four so many different times and i like outline all the different times and like you won a national title in 2012 but the reason that you are a basketball school is because you have decades and decades and decades yeah. of dominance and the football program does not have that. Now, does that mean you can't eventually become more well-rounded as a school and everything school, whatever? Sure. But you're not going to catch the, like you can win a national title in basketball. You can win one every single year, Kentucky. You can literally never win a national title in football at Kentucky. The talent's not there. You cannot win enough. You cannot run the gauntlet of beating Georgia, Bama, and then Ohio State and or Clemson or something like that. You forgot Florida. You you forgot Florida in your own division. Right. I mean, Tennessee, we I could pull up the Tennessee all time record. It's preposterous. Like Tennessee just went in and took their number one recruit in the state of Kentucky for this upcoming class, Christian Conyer. Like it's just Stoops knows that he has a ceiling. He knew that there was a ceiling when he took this job. That And I get being annoyed because ultimately you want your athletic department to all be on the same team and feel like yeah. you're what you're hooked. Like Josiah Jordan James and Zakai Ziegler were at a bunch of Tennessee baseball games this spring and taking photos, hanging out with fans. Josh Heupel was taking recruits to games. You want that kind of buy-in from across the board, right? You want the football team to support the Lady Balls. You want everyone to feel like, hey, if you win, I win, and that kind of um, just camaraderie. But it's also like, that doesn't mean we have to lie. That doesn't mean we have to pretend that this is not true and that this is not a thing. And Cal Perry flexing a little bit, being like, I've been extremely successful at the one of two best college basketball jobs in the country. I have two five-stars in this upcoming class. Like, I just... I think he do can you, flex. Do you think that his agitation is a mix of I want my damn facility because he knows that one, the the playing field is it has become increasingly more level in college basketball over the last five years with one and done, now NIL, now college realignment, like things are kind of starting to level off. And so now they've hit the facilities portion of the arms race. I don't even know if it's that. I just think the SEC has gotten really good. The SEC might be the best basketball conference in America. So he's like, we need to have every advantage to keep this thing moving because Auburn's right there. Tennessee's right there. Right. Um, Alabama's even, they're doing a lot with Nate Oates and he's recruited better than ever before at Alabama. Like you go up and down the list, Arkansas, 
obviously yeah. uh, with Musselman. Like, do you, but do you, do you think he's also it's that, but also there's a mix of people want to invest in the bat in, in the football program. Yeah, there should be nothing wrong with that. You should be encouraging that. You should be all for that. But he's also but, not wrong saying that, like, yeah, you can invest all you want. Like, you're still not winning the East. You're still well, not winning the no, national title. Uh, I'll win you a national title. Well, invest in the basketball program. I, I, but I think the problem is Cal, as you say, he said the quiet part out loud. But Cal wants to be the guy on campus Mm. it's one reason why former wichita state head coach greg marshall didn't take the alabama job and didn't Mm. take the clemson job is because he wanted to be the guy on campus you can't do that at alabama even when alabama basketball was really good about 20 something years ago and the football team was terrible at the end of the day the basketball program is still playing in a facility that has, you know, volleyball lines on it Mm. during games. And so for a guy like Cal, he wants to be the guy on campus. He wants to be the Don in Lexington. Which It's okay that somebody else is having success – in in the athletic program, that is okay. I think I don't want to say Calipari is jealous because I don't think he is. At least personally, I think program wise, he's a bit miffed that people want to invest in football. So you don't, you know, go back because you here's the thing: what Kentucky did in what 07, where they were ranked top in the top ten, something like that, and so. You fall back. Mm. You know, you, you struggle a few seasons. You can't do that in college football now. Like what where you were at in 2014, 2015, you can't do that in 2020 and 22 and 23 moving forward because the money is starting to roll in for everybody. Everybody's going to start investing in college football. For Kentucky, they're hitting one of their most successful peaks in the last 50 or 60 years. You want to take advantage of that because you don't want to slide. So yeah, it's okay that people are going to want to invest in football. You will be okay, Cal. Cause guess what? At the end of the day, you're still going to be, it's like two children. It's like one child's not getting enough attention. So you, you know, want to take them out for ice cream. But the other child who always has attention is upset about it. You're like, come on, Cal, you'll be fine. But yes, does Kentucky need a basketball facility? Kind of, sort of, yeah. Also, uh, you can make an argument that not only does the men's facility, not only do the men need a facility, the women who have just been as successful as the men over the last four or five years, probably deserve one too. So you just make a you know joint one like any other program, duh. I like it. Um, Bob, what? Fernando Tatis' <laughs> eighty-game ban. Oh yeah, the whoa. that was an excellent like Friday news dump, by the way, by Major League Baseball. Kudos <laughs> to them for announcing that. A very Padres moment, by the way, too. Yeah, right. Right, as everyone's still trying to wrap their heads around, you know, some light treason. Um, <laughs> MLB is like, oh yeah, yeah. That's some garden yeah, variety yeah. treason. What are you talking about, Bob? Yeah. Tom Clancy wrote about that garden variety T- treason. Tatis is out for the year. Uh, he was Injury? taking a performance no. drug. Okay, gotta go. Have a great weekend. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like, uh, did you see the Clevenger tweet about it? No. No. So Clevenger, like he, let me pull it up. I want to get this word for word. Um, what Clevenger said about him. Okay. So Clevenger said on the suspension, this is the second time you've been disappointed with him. Um, you hope he grows up and learns from this and learn that it's about more than just him right now. Wait, was that the GM who said that? No, Mike Clevenger, the, the pitcher. Okay. Because I know the GM had some words, too, about it. I mean, the Machado blow up 
uh, from, I guess this was last year, right? Where they, Machado got in his face um, for Tatis. Um, it's, I, I love the motorcycle stuff. I just, I love the explanation that it was ringworm. Instead of just saying, I messed up, that man said, I was treating it for wing, ringworm and just did not expect anyone to go down the Google Docs and or anyone who's a pharmacist to be like, mm, that's what? not why would anyone be true? That's not what you would the get. Math, the, the math ain't math. Right. Like, just say you messed up, man. Like, we all have Google. Like, we can all look this up. It's like you did not take an, a steroid. I, 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 I love how ringworm. baseball injuries do that, though. Like, you have oh like every few years, you have maybe two or three baseball injuries that are kind of weird and like i remember i think it was clint barmas who the former colorado rocky Mm. uh, he was on a roll like he maybe two or three weeks of really really good baseball and he falls down he falls down the stairs one time and I guess he was carrying deer jerky up the steps. Yes, it was deer jerky. It was a lot of deer jerky. It was a lot of deer jerky. And he like it's a very baseball player injury, by the way. He, yeah. And he like he had a pocket knife that was out or a hunting knife or something. It was a small knife and it cut his like either thigh or hip or something. And he had to miss like a month or two uh, of of time because you're just like, huh? But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I do love the fact that it's a ringworm. <laughs> really? Okay. Also, this is a very Padres thing us. to happen. Oh, uh, well, I wonder, okay. Andrew, do you think that this was, do you think they did the Juan Soto trade knowing that something like this was coming down the pike? No, no, okay. no, no. 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 Because you anticipated, yeah. The point, him the point of getting, the point of getting Soto was to have this killer two through five lineup mm. with with Soto and, and Tatis together. I think, I think they might have hesitated. The point is to get Soto under team control for three possible playoff runs, mm-hmm. and that just got sliced down by a third. So, I mean, that's, I think they still make the playoffs, but. This whole but, thing of challenge, challenging for the National League pennant, yeah—it's not as—it's not as promising as it was thirty-six hours ago. And and as we've seen with a lot of these guys who do get dinged, I'm not saying that their careers are over, but Robinson the, Cano. <laughs> the also, back. thanks for nothing, Bob. Thought we were gonna get a. Robinson Cano Renaissance at second base for oh, half, dude. for the summer no. and it was dude, Helen Keller could have told you that wasn't happening. No, no, Ooh. he was he's been washed for a while. I, he was look, quite washed. Sad because I like Robin, Robinson Cano. Pretty swing, man. Swing. One of the prettiest swings. Such of Such a beautiful swing. It's so pretty to watch. Um, I'm of the mind that I feel I'm I'm I realize I'm in the minority, but I don't think there should be any. I I don't I don't understand why baseball bars performance enhancing substances. Oh, here's a take. Yeah. I feel on. like the delusion I feel like the, the 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 borderline between what is an illegal product that an athlete can't take to make their play better and what is is kind of arbitrary and constantly shifting. And generally I don't believe drug prohibition works. I feel what I did that my I understand it creates certain financial demarcations where there are young, it's not just adults, it's young kids who are some who can afford to acquire these things and give themselves help towards getting a career. I don't think, I I still think it should be banned if you're not 18 yet, but my, my, there are only two ways to get PEDs out of sports. One, you institute a draconian system where everyone's like blood and DNA, because by the way, DNA doping is coming up real soon and fast where it's tested 24 seven. And you basically are telling a professional athlete that their bodies are not their own and they will be monitored all the time. Oh, hey, or, uh, um, shout out to the Olympic Games in 2024. Right. Or you figure out be- or you figure out what are the substances that don't have long term deleterious effects and can be helped improve performance. You find the ages where 
you, you go by the science and you find what's going to cause the least harmful impacts down the road. You get rid of the ones that are not good and you make it so that it is wildly, widely available for everyone. I realize that is an imperfect system, especially when it comes to like kids, because kids who are training are not going to have the, the one, there are kids in certain financial strata who will have access to this and get to be pros and kids who aren't who won't. So that already creates an unequal system. This is like my legalize it all, man, is absolutely far from a perfect solution to the problem. I just, I can't think of a moment in the history of humanity when drug prohibition has worked. So I don't see how it will now. Just put thought. the doping guys in the Hall of Fame. That's all I ask. Yeah, but not Kenseiko, because screw that guy. But yes, Palmero and Clements and Bonds, but not. Thank you. Not Thank you. I was, you know, I'm not going to lie. I kind of sort of want Jose in just so he can just be the hating ass dude that <laughs> that is chilling across the street. Like, you know, we're a certain guy who should have been in the Hall of Fame, but it turns out he was one of the worst people in the world. Uh, I, I, you want to hear my 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 wild Hall of Fame take also? It's out there. You know who I think should be in the Hall of Fame? Don't do it. Kurt Schilling. Okay. Kurt Schilling is a Hall of Fame baseball player. Full stop. Yeah. You can't argue with it. I'm sorry. I may find his his behavior since leaving pro sports uh, alternating between moronic and criminal. (laughs) <laughs> like that's What's his opening the, statement you, you, you in his the baseball uh, Hall of game? Fame induction speech? What, how does it begin? Hello! <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, there's, the, there's, there's his failed video game company, which was rife with all kinds <laughs> of incredibly questionable financial activity. Then there's his collection of uh, I don't know how should we put it. World War II memorabilia. <laughs> Can we just call it Nazi memorabilia? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to keep it clean from Blue Wire. I'm going to say World War II memorabilia. Okay. Let's cover it. Um, you know, there's his transphobia. There's his like. There's just I, he, him as I an individual. I am fairly sure he got into QAnon at one point. Oh, he absolutely did. I'm yeah. sure he did. Yeah, and I'm and anti-vax and all that. Like, yeah, his politics are abhorrent and stupid. I don't care. He's a Hall of Fame baseball player. I'm okay with that. He blocked me, and I didn't. I don't remember when he like what I said to him years ago. Because I was like, when did I ever tweet at Kurt Schilling? I got. To, I interviewed like, him when I I interviewed him for a, a short. Uh, for a story for Vocative back in 2016. Mm. Um, it, I, I found more than anything, it was just, you know, and he'd already started to you know, post stuff about Hillary Clinton being buried under a jail and, and all kinds of, and, and terrible things. And, but, you know, I sat there and I talked to him and it was all just like he could not figure out the thing that I took away from it. And I wrote this in the story, which is that he could not, he could not fathom the idea that his words and his behavior might impact someone in a way that was different from his old worldview. Hmm. And in like, you know, he said when he posted these things, he talked to some people who are his friends, he talked to family and they all understood what I was talking about. And I was like, yeah, but the people who are telling you that this was hurtful are not doing that because they're out to get you or because they have some, you know, political agenda and they think destroying Kurt Schilling will help further those goals or anything like that. He couldn't fathom the idea of any point of view other than his own, in my opinion is what came across to me. Um, hmm. And it was really kind of sad in its own way. Um, he was sort of, you know, gruff and charming also in a kind of generic way. Yeah. In a doughy X ball player kind of way, you know? Um, so yeah, my, but my opinion is p- p- like, can we put Kurt Schilling in the Hall Kurt, of Fame, even though he doesn't want to go in? Where, where he, he, he absolutely he wants to go in. Oh, he so wants yeah. to go I was going to yeah, say that. That is say, all can fluff. We just, that can is, we just yeah. do the whole thing where he's like, oh, I don't want to go in. Like, I am I am above the Hall of Fame. And we just do it out of spite and hilarity. Because at the end of the day, who's going to be there in July in Cooperstown? Kurt Schilling. I, unless I think he's, he unless he's fully committed to the bit where he just won't show up. I, I hope he goes there 
to the Hall of Fame and he, he recites one of Mussolini's speeches. I think that would be great for baseball. Okay. Like oh, the Dwight right. Schrute moment from uh, the, <laughs> oh, the Office. Yes. Major League Baseball. Like that. That would be that would be a good way for Kurt to handle it. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I don't. I guess it's not as radical to say that I don't think. I think that Kurt's pot. Like I know detrimental to the image of the game or whatever the language is about why baseball players should be excluded. But like, yeah, both Kurt and Barry Bones are like, you cannot tell the story of major league baseball without Kurt Schilling and the way he pitched for the diamondbacks and the way he pitched for the Red Sox. So that to me is my, my, like I, when it comes to the hall of fame in any sport, it's not really about stats. It's can you tell the story of the game and leave this person out? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then they're in. Oh, that's that's my Hall of Fame criteria for any major sport or any sports yeah. Hall of Fame. If you can't tell the history without this person, guess what? And you yeah. certainly can't tell it without – you cannot tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds. So yeah. he's in. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, even leaving aside the argument, which I think is kind of silly of, well, he was all a fame player before he allegedly started taking things. He's like getting into the clean and the clear um, before he ever met. Like, ain't, you know, ain't, ain't heard those words in, in Victor, about 15 before years. Victor Conte was a part of the public imagination. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer. Good so uh, he's in a rod should be in. If, I'm sorry, David David Ortiz killed the argument for anybody who's anti-dopers. Yeah. That you can't get in. Because holy crap, not only was he aided by a short porch in right field in Fenway Park. Yes, I'm going there. Uh, Some pesky he, pole trutherism. I'm, look. Pesky porch? Pesky porch. I, I, I think it's pole. Pesky. Sorry. Yeah. Pole? So, sorry, sorry, sure. Boston fans. Yeah. Look, I look at it like this, man. You had the advantage of a short porch in right field as a DH, and you were also in the Mitchell Report. The, remember, the, remember when the Mitchell wow. Report was supposed to just basically be the Pentagon Papers of baseball? We all just yeah. kind of looked at it like, oh, so what we knew was true. Okay. That was 20 years ago, man. That was a long time ago. <sighs> Yeah, man. Like all the names in the Mitchell report, like Brady Anderson is somewhere like at his kids, like summer league <laughs> game. Just he hears the Mitchell report and it's like one of those. It's like <sighs> Brady Anderson was an integral part of quite a few rotisserie league teams I had in the mid 90s. Oh, man. I just remember getting like the baseball cards. So you're like Brady Anderson, 50 home runs. And you're just like, yeah. That, he, was a, he was a good defensive <laughs> – an excellent defensive center fielder, and he had a 20-home run 50-year season before he ever got swole. That say. and, like, Brett Boone had his little run where you're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. hmm, Brett. The entire 2004 Boston Red Sox. Oh, God. Who were the – like, I think Mark Bellhorn hit 20 home runs for that yeah. team. Yeah. Like so, okay. So we team. mentioned Veritech. Kevin Millar, Mark Bellhorn, Jason Veritek. They yeah. traded Noma halfway through the year for who was first base that year? Uh, Millar. Bill Miller. No, yeah, Bill Miller was on the team. He was playing yeah. third. It was Kevin Millar. Was Kevin Millar? First yeah, Kevin Millar. Yeah. Hmm. Um, JD Drew was he on that team? Yeah, I think that was post JD Drew and Trot Nixon. I think that was like after okay. Trot Nixon. Nixon. Remember some guys, my God, Mike yeah. Cameron on that one. They they like it was 2004 was was Pedro's last year before he went to the Mets. Yeah, um, Derek Lowe was on that team. Mm. Brave, Tim, brave Tim legend. Wakefield was Derek still on Lowe. that team. Tim Wakefield, my goodness! Derek I don't Lowe know why I have this. That man but, sweat a lot. I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling, I'm rolling sixes this morning. So okay, so it only one one. You mentioned 04 Red Sox. So you know who's going to be there Manny. for uh, um, for for his uh, for his Schilling's induction? Uh, noted, um, you know, no, noted Mar-a-Lago visitor. Um, Johnny Damon. 
All right. Former yeah. former former Wichita Wrangler Johnny Damon, by the way. I used to have a signed baseball from him. I think it's somewhere. I don't know. Okay. Good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, what's yeah, your pick of the week? Up? Oh, we haven't done a pick of the week in a while. Yeah, no. Interesting. Okay. Um, no, I'm, I'm not going to subject you to my Dime Square take, and I'm not going to subject your listeners to any think pieces about Dime Square. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Coward. not my pick. I can't. It's going to take too long. I'm just not. Do gonna, it. No. There, uh, I'm trying to think. A pick of the week. Andrew, do you have a pick uh, off the top of your head? Because I'm. Uh, my pick of the week is. Um, Basically, just my DVR. I need to catch up on my DVR for the next two or three weeks because, uh, yeah, two Saturdays from now, we will be, or well, I will because I'm an absolute sicko, I will be watching um, Northwestern and Nebraska in Ireland because capitalism and college sports. That's awesome. Have you been to Ireland before? No, I'm I'm just trying to figure out why. What what did we do to the what did the Irish people do to us that we just gave them uh, Northwestern and uh, we we gave them a moderate Big Ten matchup that would be cheeks anywhere else. I think you're and we really, just put it you're overseas. Burying the lead is it in Dublin? Where it's in it? Dublin, dude. Yeah. Okay, go to the actual Guinness factory. Because it is unlike any, it does not taste like the Guinness that is poured in bars in America. Either. Oh, you I'm need sure. To go to the source. Yeah, you need to go directly to the one true font, and you need to sample that. Go. I would, I would be down for that. Do that. Just wander around the city. It is a beautiful city. A plus for Dublin. Yeah, but they got to. Which watch one's Nebraska. Dublin? Is it Northern Ireland or is it the UK? Is it the UK Ireland or is it the actual? You are Ireland? going to. You are going to invoke a lot of rage. Wrath. Irish yeah, rage. Yeah. I wish people would be more honest about being unclear about the state of affairs for the Northern Ireland Ireland. Uh, yeah, let's differences. Uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's let's wrap this one. Up. I'm sorry, I can't. There's only so much I can fill in this noggin um, okay okay good so that's why we're doing the yeah gonna... uh, my pick of the week f-boy island season two uh, heard... yeah it's a fantastic people show talking about it i can't like the the meta irony of it being a 30 rock show that like liz lemon came up with is i can't and i'm not a reality tv fan to be in with so but i've heard good things i will say the end was preposterous i won't spoil it for folks um but it was it was a weird, weird ending. Um, but I enjoy spending time with the F Boy Island folks. And Nikki Glazer puts on a clinic. She really, she really goes all in hosting this program. You can tell she's she's enjoying it. It's it's a fun time. And so, now that, okay, yeah. so can can you explain F Boy Island to me? Uh, you come in. Uh, a bunch of men come into this resort on an island with their three women who are looking to find their love partner and they do not know which men like half the men 15 i think it's 15 or maybe it's 12 12 or 15 men come in as f boys and the other 12 come in as nice guys and the girls don't know which one's a nice guy which one's an f boy and then they get to know them and everything else and then uh i can say this eventually they figure out who's an f boy and who's not and if you're an F boy, you come in as an F boy, you can keep the hundred thousand dollars at the end if she picks you for yourself and leave her. But if you're a nice guy, you can you could you have to split the fifty thousand with her. That's way too complicated for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You, you know what? If you enjoy the show, enjoy the show. I, I probably won't be watching. Okay. Well, HBO Max is dying anyway, so they much <laughs> well, the HBO Max originals are dying. HBO yeah. Max. Well, that's an HBO Max dying. original. Oh yeah, that's probably why it's dying. Um, wow. I'm sorry. I yeah. You're telling me that content for the sake of content is probably a bad thing. <gasps> Oops. Not in my America. 
Bob Silverman, can we check out anything from you at Detroit? For, or at Detroit, I just combined. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the Detroit, <laughs> the Daily, Daily, Detroit Daily News. Mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a fire blog about happy bias. No, uh, there's uh, wheels are turning. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff soon, not yet. Okay. You can Andrew, find me what about on Twitter, you? Twitter, though, say it, uh, complaining about medical professionals, about the ethics in medical tweeting. That That's Bob my Sayed. boy. Um, there you go. No, wheels are turning. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Wheels are turning. Wheels are indeed turning. Ooh, the wheels in the sky keep on turning. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. I'm, I'm off tomorrow, wheels so that's where I'll be. Wheels in the sky keep on turning. Bob Silverman, right, y'all, that'll Andrew, do it Hammond. for the Sunday, August 14, 2022 edition here on the Chasing Most Podcast with... Robert and Andrew Hammond on this edition of the program. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's edition of the podcast. Thank you as always for making the Chase Most Podcast part of your day listen wherever and however you listen to this great program. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, check us out tomorrow. New content every single day here on this national sports show here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Thank you for your support. Email me if you'd like to be a part of the mailbag. Questions for any of the uh, hosts throughout the week chase them's podcast at gmail.com tweet at me at chase double underscore double underscore thomas or facebook.com slash chase thomas writer all kinds of ways to interact with the show read me all kinds of new sports stuff and life stuff personal essays over at sports renaissance man type in your email and become a subscriber over there today uh, to get all my written content so there you go all right uncle darren or Uncle Darren. It's late when I do these. Uncle Darren, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.